everybody, get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Everybody, welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on a beautiful Sunday. Uh, global warming, 90-degree day here, and it's still in April in no, Washington. No, it's going to be high 80s today. 90 was but yesterday. But I'll tell you where it's going to be really nice. If you haven't been out there yet, the uh, National Harbor Food and Wine Festival is still going on wine today. Wine and food. No, food is actually first. No, it's not. Oh, you want to bet? Yeah, okay. I do. Okay. I run it. It's oh, wine well. and food. Anyways, it's a festival with wine, food, and food and wine. And it's out at National Harbor uh, you've got chef demos out there today. Yeah, so yesterday was amazing. Uh, Scott Renaud, Vic Albisu, and Chef Sang from Tip Cow were all there. They did incredible demos. It was standing room only, even in the heat yesterday. Like, everybody was just out. It was so much fun. Amazing food. Of course, lots of booze. And then today, starting at 2, we have Marjorie Meek Bradley. She's going to be cooking it up. And after her, the last chef demo is Rock Harper. And I don't know if you guys have ever watched Rock do a demo, but he is awesome. And the ladies love Rock. The ladies they love them. But All anyway, right. so please come out and join us today. There's actually only a few tickets left, but it should be a spectacular day. And speaking of people that the ladies love, uh, Brian McNair's with <laughs> oh, yeah. us, back with us again. <laughs> he's married, ladies. He's the exe- sorry, ladies. <laughs> he's, he's married. He's the executive he's director of World Central Kitchen, which is an international social enterprise that delivers solutions to hunger and poverty uh, through local kitchens that promote health, promote health, education, employment in parts of the world, five countries, right? Five countries now, where, six, headed for six. Where there aren't a lot of people trying to promote health, education, and, and, and general welfare. And he's in to talk about Dine and Dash, which is the uh, their annual event that's a fundraiser and an awareness raiser coming well, up in June. Well, and it's also grown by leaps and bounds. So right. when we talk with you, we'll right. get into like how it came from this little nugget of an idea and grew that's to right. be as big as it's it is. It's a little baby idea. It's a little thing. Little baby idea. Now it's big right. and bold and fabulous. Okay, and then later on the show, well, I feel like you should start off All right. talking well, about this. Well, I will, because I grew up, I finished off high school near the corner of Albemarle in Connecticut, which was a total food desert at that point. Uh, there was nothing, I think, but a pizza joint. And now you've got Mark Furstenberg there. you got Fabio Trabocchi there. And guess what else you got? you got Soapstone Market. It's a great little neighborhood hangout with groceries and specialty foods, a butcher shop and all that. And John Fielding, who, as it turns out, grew up right near where we live now. I mean, we're all, there are all these connections. John's co-founder of Soapstone. He's going to tell us all about it and feed us some sweet stuff. Right now, well, he brought in lots of sweets, but the market is really fabulous. We're going to get into all the sort of different components of it and sort of the rebirth. John is sweet, too, aren't you, Well, no, but, like, I love the idea of the rebirth of the, like, the neighborhood market because for a long time, especially in the D.C. area, there weren't any, and we're seeing more come to it. So we'll talk about that when he gets on. And then we've brought in the new restaurant called Shook, which I'm so excited about. It's offering 100% plant-based Items And it's a fast, casual concept. So uh, pitas and salads and snacks. But they brought in these gorgeous um, chocolate chip cookies, which are completely plant-based, which I can't wait to get into. And in with us is Ron Neusbacher, his concept, and his executive chef, Dennis Friedman. Super uh, world all-star executive chef. Oh, right? yes. I'm Dennis, sorry. I forgot yeah. the special title Dennis to said, add play to that. it up. All yes. Right, so. Okay. So uh, they're going to tell us all about their concept and uh, how it's taking hold of the D.C. market. 
Hit it. And in studio, dun da da da. Again. <laughs> Can't get rid of it. <laughs> Mike Isabella's newest restaurant is a rose. And if you haven't had the opportunity to go there yet, it is really spectacular. It's in the Marriott Marquis, um, and it's uh, really beautiful, and the food is really fabulous. But more importantly are the cocktails. And uh, Taha Ismail is in studio with us today to, uh, of course, pour cocktails, but tell us about how we put together this program because it's a Spanish-based restaurant and uh, he got beautiful glassware, and he's coming with a whole bunch of stuff. So Yeah, when you said it, it sounded like a rose, but it's arroz, which means... Okay, well, I don't speak Spanish. Riso, rice. So, all right. come up to the mic. Come on, Taha, step up there. So, tell us about the restaurant. Well, uh, arroz is Spanish for rice. Uh, we're located in the Marriott Marquis um, a Hotel, right downtown by the Convention Center. Um, we focus on southern Spain cuisine with little Moroccan influence. I'm originally from Morocco, so with my inspiration with... Um, That's a microphone. Hey, <laughs> um, you know, me and Mike and the team, we took a trip to um, uh, to Portugal, Spain, and Morocco, and that's where we got the whole inspiration. Is this why Mike keeps opening up new restaurants with different so concepts, just so you guys course, can all go yeah. travel together course, and, yeah. like, eat? You know, well, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's part of, um, you know, it's part of R&D. You know, we're, right. we like to travel, we like to uh, open new concepts and do something different. That sounds like relaxation and drinking is what R&D uh, sounds It's like. not relaxation. Yeah. It is a lot, a lot of drinking, work. but it's a lot of work. <laughs> we it's come hard, back it's and... It's hard to eat that much food. It is. And every time we travel, I gain almost, you know, uh, a lot of, you know, a few pounds here and there and come back. Well, so let's talk about that. So when you travel and you all go together and you're trying all this different food and cocktails and drinks, I mean, are you keeping a journal? Are you are you taking pictures and being like, this is what they did here and this is what I like? How do you do that? Pictures. um, I'm usually before we um, before we do R&D, we usually have a base of ideas where we want to take the program is Mm -hmm. and just kind of get a little inspiration you know, in the cuisine and, the, you know, in the food, flavors, mm-hmm. and kind of incorporate that to our program. And when you were doing specifically for this concept, was there anything in any of the cities or areas that you went to where you were like, wow? Well, of course, you know, I'm going to say Morocco because I'm from Morocco. Right. So for me, it was uh, 10 years home. And um, actually, my uh, my parents met, we're originally from Casablanca. Mm-hmm. But they drove up, so they stayed with us the whole time. So my dad was the uh, the tour guide for us. Uh, How much fun! It, w- it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun hanging out with Mike and George and um, you know Nick Pagonis and all mm-hmm. of us and with my dad. It was it, it was fun. But yeah. did you see something? Like, did you see a cocktail? Did you see a cocktail served a certain way, or did you see flavors per- put together where you were like, aha? Like, was there um, any aha moment? I mean, def- definitely for Taha. <laughs> yes. Aha, uh-huh, for Taha. <laughs> yeah, New hashtag. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, a, a lot of things that we saw, like in Spain, uh, you know, the, the, the gin and tonics, how they, they do a little, you know, uh, they're playing the gin and tonics. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we, we didn't see that many sherry cocktails, you know, in, in Spain, but, you know, the sherry is big in, in you know, southern Spain, Juarez, which is where, you know, when I came back, I want to do something with sherry. I want to showcase the sherry. I don't see a sherry that, you know, sh- People showcasing it in a cocktail a lot, and that's why we have a nice section on, on the menu. And I feel like Sherry's having a moment in it D.C. Is. I feel like more and more of your brethren are, like, talking about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Sherry's delicious. It's been around for, for years, and just now we're coming back on the cocktails. Usually it's, you know, it's drinking by itself, but... It's good to be in the cocktail because it just enhanced the cocktail. Okay, so are we getting a sherry cocktail on that? Well, night? actually, right now we're going to start with some uh, rosé sangria. This mm. is a, um, a rosé wine with um, a little um, lychee, grapefruit, lime, and uh, a little elderflower. And mm. so you're pouring it in a peron? Correct. This is the hand-blown perons that we make for us in San Francisco. Um, 
They're delicious. I'm, uh, hopefully, I'm going to make David today drink out of Perone. Okay, later in the show. Later in the happen, show, we'll make that nice happen. Okay. <laughs> I'm a grown-up, not a dopey kid. <laughs> All right, so while we're doing that, I, Brian, I was thinking about you. And You know, when most parents send their kids off into the wor- world, they say, do well. But somebody must have said to you, Thank do you. good, because... You started off, I mean, when we first met you, we were with D.C. Central DC Kitchen, Central, yeah. which not only feeds thousands of people every day out on the street, but has probably at this point produced thousands of, of formerly homeless and jobless people and put them out, taught them hospitality skills and put them out in the world. Yeah, you know, you I was put in, in the hours. You, yeah. you know, you totally have. You know, I kind of did the balance between the nonprofit sector and being a chef for some time. And then when I met D.C. Central Kitchen, it was a natural match you know and then jose kind of poached me from dc central kitchen and said hey i want you to help you know run this new organization called world central kitchen well let's talk about that because jose was jose andres was always a big supporter of dc central kitchen right and he still is he still is but he took it it was like you know he he sort of took the concept and and took it viral internationally right right he came back from haiti's earthquake and said i want something new he looked for an organization that was doing empowerment, you know, like DC Central Kitchen instead of just feeding people, and he didn't see it. So he started his own, and he asked me to come run it, and we're in our fifth year, uh, 12 projects in five countries. We say smart solutions to hunger and poverty. Well, but but let's start with that. I mean, so what were the initial uh, – what was the initial mission five years ago, and how how has that evolved, and sort of why <clears> – <throat> Why has it evolved? That's a great question because I when am full of yeah, it's a, fantastic. No wonder you have this show. <laughs> um, and she's bossy. <laughs> or, Terrible combination. Um, or um, a girl boss, one or the other. <laughs> girl boss. I think Jose was led around Haiti from a bunch of different people, and you know, including the Global Alliance for Clean Cook Stoves. So I think originally he's the culinary ambassador for that UN Foundation uh, Global Alliance. And so originally he was more focused on clean cook stoves. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's an issue with health, people inhaling smoke. They say, they say 4 million people die every year from burning wood or charcoal around the world. Hmm. It's more than HIV and, and I think malaria combined. Wow. So anyway, he got involved with that cause. But since then, uh, since I took over, I, I said to myself, what can be unique about this organization in this huge world of international development? And the answer is... We're an NGO of chefs, and they really, it really doesn't exist. I mean, there's some great stuff happening, as we, right, were, we talking were talking earlier, up on, up on the hill, and there's some great policy stuff. But actually taking chefs around the world to work on the ground and build school kitchens and train for food safety sanitation training. We have a culinary school in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Um, yeah, I mean, to do the on-the-ground work it really doesn't exist. But the other thing is what you need – what I mean <clears> – <throat> There are a lot of people, and I know you're involved with La Cocina in, in Alexandria, yeah. and they were on a couple of weeks ago. Also doing amazing You need things. Good stuff. the yeah. money, and you need the point person like Jose, who's so out there and so visible and so well-known. And so loud. And yes, so he is. loud. No, but he's, I mean, he's really the guy, he is the fuel for the engine, and without that, it's hard to get something like this going. Listen, he's really passionate about whatever he does, and you all know that. So he was, you know... So passionate about this that he kind of came to me and poached me and said, I need you to run it, and I need you to do the fundraising piece because I I did fundraising for 10 years for D.C. Central Kitchen, you know, and and that's, like you said, you can't do any of this without the funds, so you really have to to get your message out. So, Well, that sort of brings us to Dine and Dash a little bit. Right. So what was the concept 
originally for Donnie Dash because it was really not a huge eating frenzy like it is now. You know, like I think yeah. there were a couple of restaurants Six. and it was like, yeah, it was like a progressive, like you could go here, here and here, you know, and that was it and called it a day. And well, now it's how many? It's 30 restaurants right. this year, two different neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Isabella's team, Graffiato's in on it this year. We have Penn Quarter, 14th Street, mm-hmm. some um, VIP uh, MGM pop-up is the VIP uh, party. With like before. Brian and... Well, MGM's just taking care of. They're just taking. Uh, they're, they have, they're just taking care of the whole thing. It's going to be a big MGM pop up. Cool. In DC. That's great. And uh, then mm-hmm. VIP after party, we have some great celeb chefs, Ted Allen and Andrew Zimmer, to come to join to join Jose and cruise mm-hmm. around town. That's awesome. Well, for people who haven't, we're, you know, we're going to take a break. We've got time okay. with him. Sure. We it's, and we got time. So what I would like to do is really sort of talk about how the event works. Great. And how people can get involved and also get involved. We in should the say that this drink is not only delicious but we're gonna beautiful. Be, we're going to be cheersing it when we Look get back. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. May is Lobster Month uh, at the Market what? at River Falls with deep discounts on fresh Maine lobsters, both live or steamed, at no charge, and lobster tails as well. Please call ahead for orders of six or more. Visit to the Market at River Falls. Lincoln once said, "Better to remain silent and be thought a fool." than to speak up and remove all doubt. If you are a CIO of a government agency, you know credibility is everything. Federalnewsradio.com Because it's not just about gathering intel, it's about gathering the right intel. Wisdom, served daily by a team of award-winning journalists. Federalnewsradio.com Experience the difference. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Brian McBride of World Central Kitchen and really talking about Dine and Dash, which is coming up in June, and this is only the end of April, but we're talking about but it, it now. But it sells out well, every year. if you don't get your tickets now, you ain't going to be there, and you're not going to hang out with Andrew and Jose and Brian, of course. I know, but I think you're missing the point, because part of it is really this sort of camaraderie <laughs> of walking around town right. and checking out all these restaurants. So explain, like, how somebody, like, you get your ticket, and then what? How does it work? Well, you know, this concept came, we started the uh, Capital Food Fight for D.C. Central Kitchen, which mm-hmm. was also tiny in the beginning. Uh, so we said to ourselves, what can we do new? Uh, that not, not a battle or something like that. And the answer was, let's bring people to the restaurants. Mm-hmm. So we actually spend more than we normally would for a nonprofit on this. And we is, pay, it, is it buses? How do we you do pay no. The, no, we pay the restaurants to close down for the night. And you, but, I mean, how do you, you buy, get people? People walk. You buy a ticket. You get a wristband and a map at the restaurant that you're signing on, and you go. 
You walk Fourteenth cool. Street, Penn Quarter. There's food trucks. I used to know people that walked Fourteenth Street. <laughs> <laughs> this um, is different. But wait, but so what happens? So you walk into the restaurant and they have uh, small plates and right. cocktails. Six or seven different small plates, three or four different cocktails. Okay. Live music in every restaurant. Mm-hmm. Move on to the next one. So you just walk around. So like down Fourteenth Street, you can, it's just everybody basically on Fourteenth Street yep. that's participating. You just walk around, and then same thing with Penn Quarter. Yeah, you just walk up and down, and, and you'll see big flags, dine-and-dash flags outside the restaurants that are participating. And there's about, you know, 15 on, and there's a 12, 12 in each neighborhood, and then there's a bunch of different little pop-ups in between, 30 total. So when you say pop-ups, how does that manifest itself? So um, there's a pop MGM pop-up. There's a, a big green egg pop-up. Mm-hmm. So big green egg is coming on board and doing some uh, some. Bonsa. barbecuing outside cool. so stuff like that and there's some food trucks as well well it's great to incorporate them in it and then how do you then what then funds raised go funds raised all come to world central kitchen mm-hmm. uh as i said we have six uh 12 projects in five countries most of our projects are in haiti okay culinary school clean cook stoves food safety sanitation training mm-hmm. but we're also taking some chefs around the world to do some relief i'm going with victor albisu on Friday, to mm-hmm. team up with Gaston Ocurio and his team to cook outside of Lima for those that were affected by the flood. Oh, wow. So we raised some money for that, and we do these, what we call our chef network trips. Mm-hmm. So we have 100 chefs in our chef network. Okay. And they're ready, willing, and able to do whatever. How much want. cooperation do you get from governments? Like, if you're going to go to an area that's really devastated, mm-hmm. which you're going to be doing, right. you got to get there, you got to get equipment there, you got to get fresh food there, and I mean... You've got to have a power source. you got to have all that. Is it that a challenge? Well, that's a funny question that you should ask me because I always fight with my board. I'm really anti-government anywhere. Uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, we I have an know, anarchist at the table. Yeah, I have so much trouble with my Ministry of Tourism that we partnered with for the culinary school in Haiti. Every five years, I've got to worry about the next turnover. Mm-hmm. So uh, I partner with NGOs that are on the ground. So I find an NGO that's working in there for 15, 20 years, and right. I say, we're coming. We need a kitchen. This is what we need. Set, we'll buy some food, and we'll go and, and serve a population. So what kind of education do you have to give to the chefs before they accompany you? I mean, some of the chefs in this – I mean, D.C. specific, there's a lot of chefs who are so involved right. um, and already have a lot of education. But what do you – for even for those that are educated, what sort of – how do you get them ready? How do you ramp them up? Well, it depends on what we're doing. If we're just going cooking, they kind of know what they have to do. So I just kind of give them a background on where we're going mm-hmm. and the government involved and any issues we might have if it's a, a tough area that we're going to. But beyond that, we do do food safety sanitation training. So mm-hmm. some of these chefs are trained in food safety sanitation training through our specific program. It's not like a big surf safe thing. I mean, we're in the mountains of Haiti where they barely have running water. Right. So we teach three basic things. But we have all these different curriculum, and we train the chefs in that and take them with us. Okay. Because I would assume, you know, you can't go in there blind. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? And it doesn't do you any good if they do as well. Right. Um, wow, really amazing. All right, All right, well, let's let's make sure everybody knows how to get tickets to Dine and Dash. How much are the tickets? One twenty-five for general admission, mm-hmm. and uh, four hundred for VIP. There's and v- what do you get again for VIP? So VIP, there's two restaurants in each neighborhood that are only VIP. Mm-hmm. So you walk in, it's a smaller crowd and different food. There's a uh, VIP MGM pop-up pre-party with Jose and team, Mm -hmm. a couple hundred people. And there's a VIP after-party, which we're running at Studio Theater on 14th Street. Oh, fun. So So it's a lot. You do get a lot. Yeah, you'll be six till midnight. (laughs) It's going to be a long night. And do you guys need volunteers? 
Um, I think we're tapped out. We have about a hundred. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Well, then you're in very good shape. Because we basically all the volunteers we need are registration. You get your wristband and a map, and you're done. You go wherever you want. Okay, very cool. And where do people get their like? They can go to any restaurant. No, when you sign up to buy your ticket, you pick your restaurant, and then you pick your general admission or VIP. That's how you buy your ticket online. Okay, and then you start at that restaurant. Start at that restaurant. Okay, so that's all right, it's for you. dine n like the letter n dash. And we're taking it to South info. Beach. Oh, cool. And you're already doing it in Vegas, right? We did it in Vegas. We may continue, maybe not, because it's harder because you have to do it inside one hotel, you know? Oh, well, I guess but that makes sense. in South Beach, we're looking at doing six swanky pool parties. Ooh. I think we'll have to go to South Beach. Sounds like fun. Sounds like lots of fun. Thank you I so think much. Brian just invited us. I know. You're awesome, Brian. Come down. Okay. You're my best friend. All right. <laughs> All, right. All right. So it's dine at the the uh, letter N dash dot info, right? Right. Okay, man. Thanks. Thank you. Thank so you. All right. Back to you. This drink is delicious and beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's really beautiful. So, but are these flowers, they're not edible, are they? Um. You can. You can eat those things, like, maybe, maybe <laughs> if you, not. If it was our dog, you'd eat the whole glass. <laughs> exactly, but, right. No, it's really beautiful, and the glassware is beautiful. So, okay, thank you so much. As you were putting together the cocktail menu for Rose, what were some of the things that you really wanted to see on there? I definitely want to, you know, like, my focus putting the cocktail menu was to stay true to 12 flavors, you know, mm-hmm. southern Spain, more Spanish, and Latin influence of Morocco. Um you know, growing up, you know, my mom was the key that, you know, calling every day and, you know, growing, like eating eating and drinking a few things that, you know, growing up. So this for me was like a big inspiration, um, you know, kind of walked me through some some of the flavors that we used, you know, some some stuff that I tried, you know, years and years ago. And that's what it like put the whole program together was, um, you know, it was it, it was pretty challenging. But, you know, and again, I think we ex- we executed well and. And, you know, now you have some cocktails in front of you guys. So. <laughs> Let's talk about this cocktail here. So I wonder you having is the, uh, the Arroz Gin and Tonic. It's uh, wind gin, which is a Spanish gin with uh, Indie Tonic. Indie Tonic is like the hottest tonic right now. It is. Where uh, did it come from? What's the story behind it? Do you the, know? The story behind it, it's, it's from Cadiz, which is uh, about like an hour and a half from uh, from Valencia. Mm-hmm. We took a trip there with, with the team too. Okay. Uh, so this is the first distilled, uh, distilled tonic. So they all use natural ingredients. So there's actually not as much sugar as other tonics. Because right, I think people are like, you know, there's a, it's it's sort of a hot thing right now you know, like different kinds of tonics, but people are like, isn't tonic tonic? I mean, I don't think people understand the nuances I mean, of t- what a better tonic absolutely. adds to a cocktail. Yeah, I mean, tonic for me is like you want to you get the botanicals. You, you definitely want to showcase the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the tonic, and you want to have just a little bit of sugar to it. Okay. And so a lot of people don't realize that, like, gin and tonic is huge in Spain. It is. Right? Has that always been the case? It's always been, it's always been the case. Uh, you know, for us, you know, when we did the trip, Everywhere we go, there's always uh, a list of a few different gin and tonics, and that's mm-hmm. what something inspires us to do the same thing at, at Rose. Because I feel like it's something that's really only come like in the states as part of the Spanish culture. I don't think a lot of people really realize like how important gin and tonics were. It is. It's, I, it's delicious for me. It's uh, you know, good way to start the day. Okay. Well, cheers to that. Okay. <laughs> cheers. We'll come back to you in a little bit. Awesome. Can right, you? Speaking are of you a good way chewing? to Can start the day, yeah, I gave you a fork. Where'd you oh, it's it? okay. It's you probably rest. ate the fork. All right. Mm-hmm. So John Fielding is the co-founder of Soapstone Market. Thank you. Uh, which is a grocery and specialty gourmet foods and butcher shop and neighborhood hangout place. 
really almost at the corner of Connecticut and Albemarle, right, in Northwest, which, as I said before, was an area. Well, he's in a brand-new building. I know, but, I mean, it's where WJLA was, and they gutted it and, you know, it took years, but it's beautiful, and there you are. But let's start at the start. What's your feel, aside from growing up in Kensington and going to WJ, and that's why I call you a homie? Uh, yeah, so I'm, you know, from the D.C. area and uh, cut my teeth working in the restaurant business. Um, started, my first job was at the Bethesda Co-op way back in oh the day God. on wow. MacArthur Boulevard. Yeah. And uh, learned a lot about food working there and mm-hmm. the grocery business. Um, but after that, I pretty quickly got into the restaurant business. So I helped open Times Square in Bethesda, which was an old kind of California concept. I remember concept. it. T-H-Y-M-E. Yeah. And then I went off to New York and Seattle, came back to D.C. I worked at the Tabard Inn for a long time, too. And I remember so, that, too. Yeah, definitely, you know, the early days of the D.C. food scene. Um, but it was a fun time. It was a fun time to be in D.C. It was a lot easier to get around. And the community <laughs> hey, was a lot smaller. Hey, we have Uber smaller. and Lyft now. It's pretty easy to get around. <laughs> Yeah, well, it used to take 20 minutes. Unless to you're get, an Uber or Lyft driver. <laughs> what used to take 20 minutes in D.C. takes 40 minutes now. But well, that's, that's just the part of the development. Mm-hmm. Which you are now a part of. But let's start. Why, what, why name it Soapstone? So um, when they were ripping the building out mm-hmm. and we were, you know, I travel up and down Connecticut Avenue a lot. And we saw the big hole going in wondering what's, what's going to be happening there. Um, the Saul development was building it out and mm-hmm. they came to talk to us about doing a market there since my partner Tracy Standard and I at Broad Branch had some experience with the market. We knew we were going to need a bigger team. We knew it was going to be a different concept. But just to give people, for people who don't know what Broad Branch is, because it's a little neighborhood Yeah, so market. Broad Branch is an old school neighborhood market that's right. in Chevy Chase, D.C., mm-hmm. for, but we ripped down the old building, built a new one. It's 4,000 mm-hmm. square feet, so it's a you know, updated version of the neighborhood market. Right. And then the, the, the name Soapstone comes from, that's actually Soapstone Valley. That's the part of Rock Creek Park. So when they ripped out the building, you see the big slope going down to cool. Soapstone Valley. We always call that Hanukkah Heights. Yeah, no, right. No, no, that's <laughs> well, they built, no, the, they built yeah. the building into the slope. So we're actually on the sixth floor, which is technically the ground level. There's five levels below us, six levels above. It's Neat. a beautiful building. We're, you know, right next to Svoglina. Very excited to be part of what's going on in Van Ness. Well, so, but let's talk about the market concept, because as I was saying in the beginning of the show, you know, um, if you go to most cities, you know, there's lots of neighborhood markets, and they're not bodegas, you know, they're real markets with um, great produce and um, prepared foods and cheese and all, like, you know, they are sort of community centers where people can go and not do their massive grocery shopping, but really go and get stuff the evening or have a glass of wine or do you know what I mean? Yeah, and so like, definitely, that kind of disappeared. I mean, that was definitely the, the way things were. So, but you go to places like Brooklyn and you still see those. Right. Um, you go to Chicago, you go to the Bay Area. And then I traveled a lot in Europe. My wife is English. And so mm-hmm. in England, you know, little villages just outside of London, suburban villages have, right. you know, prepared food shops and cheese shops and wine stores and they're all walkable, right? So what we want to do is kind of combine all those elements into one thing. And mm-hmm. that's really the updated version of the corner store. But what it serves as for a community is somewhere you can go to get everything from coffee in the morning to a you know sandwich at the deli at lunch to having a drink at the bar in the mm-hmm. afternoon and picking up prepared well, food dinner. Well, you've got density, you've got high-rises, you've got homes, you've got metro. Well, but so let's talk about Good that. So you're selection. open. Yeah. So are you open for dinner as well? Yeah, so we're open from 8 in the morning until 10 p.m. on Fridays and Saturdays. Mm-hmm. We close a little earlier 
Sunday through Thursday at 9:30. Okay. Um, but yeah, we have a big rush at night. But you know, we're we're a market, so we're mm-hmm. not a restaurant. But we right. do have lots of prepared food. We have. Uh, we have an area where you go get salads made. We've got a full deli. And then we have a huge prepared food area where you can order combination plates and all kinds of stuff. We make everything fresh there every day. Can I sit and eat day. my meal if I want to do it there? Yeah, yeah so we have full cafe. seating. We've got mm-hmm. seating outside. It's just not your traditional restaurant concept, right? So if you guys went in together... You could go get a healthy salad because you look like a healthy salad guy, and she could order a cheese. Oh wait, 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 wait. Hey, wait. No, I that's because that's studio. because it's because I'm fat and I look like I should eat salad. No, I just you look right, like John. you like your vegetables. Oh, God bless you, my son. So, but you you order and then you just go sit down at a table. You know, right. sort of like almost cafeteria style, you know, but it's... Um, Wait, you know what? I'm going to cut you off. Sure. Not because I like doing it, but because we're going to take a quick commercial no, break. No, if that were the case, I would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, let's talk about the different components of the market sure. um, and how they're executed. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We're drinking gin and tonics in studio and about to dig into some delicious desserts. We'll be back in just a sec. <laughs> the most dangerous day for a baby is the first day of life. Babies born in poverty zones are dying from infections, pneumonia, malnutrition, but they don't have to die. For nearly 60 years, Project Hope has been working around the world, training local health care workers, delivering medicines and medical supplies, giving newborns the healthy start they need to survive and thrive. Make sure her first day of life is not her last. To volunteer or learn more about Project Hope, visit projecthope.org. This is John Gilroy. My show, Federal Tech Talk, answers the question, how does technology make life easier for the federal audience? I've spent years interviewing federal CIOs, tech leaders, and big company CTOs. What they tell me is compelling, provocative, and always relevant to the federal government and contractor. Check it out Tuesday and Thursday afternoons at 1 on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM, or download it anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Search Federal Tech Talk. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. I want to be a warm place on a cold I want to be day. a football stadium. I want to be a bike that races around the country. I want to be a bench on a forest trail. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Tom Temin here from the Federal Drive. Come Friday, the government will have a budget and the start of a wall between us and Mexico. Or maybe not. Things are pretty wacky on the mall these days, so you never know. After this one, expect another battle royale over government funding for 2018. But there's one part of the budget no one's talking about. Not President Trump, not Mitch McConnell, not Chuck Schumer. And it's a doozy. Just what is it? Check out my latest column, Still No Talks on the Big Budget, now online at federalnewsradio.com. All right, we're back on Food and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. And, and I just want to say, no, 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 no. I have to interrupt you for one second. No, you don't. Um, if you want to see all the deliciousness that's going on in the studio, you can watch us on Facebook Live. Go to my Facebook page at Nikki Nellis, and you can see everything that's going on in the studio, and it is um, beautiful. So you should take a look. All right, but uh, I do want to thank the folks that sponsor the show. And if you're not a sponsor, you should be ashamed of yourself, and you should get on it right away, Ron. Get on it, man. But our friends at ProFish, our friends at Celebrity Cruises, the fabulous market at River Falls and Potomac and Central Farm Markets. And by the way, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm desperately looking for my information, but there's some great new salmon now available. Oh, at- so it's salmon that uh, Nora Pullion of Restaurant Nora here in D.C. is behind. 
And, uh, it's really, and we're talking about the market at River Falls. Yes, we are. But it's a really magnificent salmon, and they're the only ones in the area carrying it. And it's, as of tomorrow, it's lobster month out there. So they've got whole lobsters and mm-hmm. lobster tails. And, uh, and if, if, I mean, I don't know where they get it, but they're, it's so delicious and so juicy. Mm-hmm. Market at River Falls in Potomac. All right, let's go back to John, who's going like, why are they talking about the market at River Falls and not Soapstone? <laughs> let's go talk about Soapstone. So, but you have a go ahead. Go well, ahead. I don't, so I want to give people an idea because it's a pretty large space. Yes, it is. Is it eleven thousand square 6, feet? Six thousand square feet, but it's almost all floor space. So right. a lot of businesses would have a lot of space behind for the kitchen. So you would think that we, or also just for back stock and everything. Right. But we've got a system where we really are utilizing pretty much the entire floor space. But what I love about it, so you have like a you have like a little candy area for the kids. Yep. And then you have uh, dry goods. Yep. Which a lot with a lot of really interesting, like sort of I hate using the word gourmet because it's like a bad yeah, word. I don't, I don't like to but think like of us words, as gourmet necessarily, but you know we what I mean. Are, but like it's it's more interesting products. Is yeah. that a better way of putting it? Yeah, you know, I mean, like, we 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 try to you know select items that we love, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're gourmet. They could be mm-hmm. an old school product. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know we we have a grocery store. It's a market. It's a we have a dairy section. We've got slush puppies. But our kind of featured items are our salad area, our right. trator, our deli. We have a beer and wine bar. We have six beers, great craft beers on draft at all times. You can mm-hmm. get four-ounce sampling sizes if you want. Right. And then we've got an espresso uh, machine, and, you know, we, we pour Alchemist uh, cold nitro brew <laughs> coffee, which is amazing. It and sort of sounds like if you had a trust fund, you could just spend the whole day there and eat and not worry about life. You could work your you could work your your way through a day there, you know, with uh, each meal throughout the day. And, and are then you we cool, also are you cool with people working there? Yeah, we totally are. Um, you know, we that being an open space for people to come hang out in the area and the community is really important to us. Um, but mm-hmm. one of the things we feature is our bakery and our Who bakes desserts. all this stuff? So this is Hugh Griffiths. Hugh was the pastry chef at the Tabard Inn for a long time, former mm-hmm. Ramy Award winner. And just to point out real quick, we've got like passion fruit cheesecake here, butterscotch pie. What's this? What's this? Um, that is um, chocolate malt cheesecake. It's so heavy. It's, it's ridiculous. It looks insane. We have <laughs> almond chocolate truffle tort. We've got key lime tart. We make our own cookies. And can and... I just say the last time I was in, because I was in a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. like you can't get near the pastry area. Like, that's where people sort of stand. Yeah, it's do you a, know what I mean? It's a packed area. The deli's right there, too. Mm-hmm. But we do move people in and out uh, pretty well. No, I didn't mean it that no, way. I, know, I, I know. just meant like there's a lot of people <laughs> ogling the pastry. There, there are, are a lot, a lot, a lot of, of overweight people going in Northwest. We also have Hugh's famous donuts. Uh, we do on Saturdays and Sundays. He also Which were does... huge when he was at the Tabard, right? Yes. Yes, and I He makes that. them fresh. I mean, he's just making them all morning on Saturdays and Sundays, along with his pecan honey sticky buns, which are outrageous. I think I'm going to break into that. I may have to break into that. Yeah, so I wanted to work with Hugh for a long time. I'm very happy to have him on our team. He's That's just great. a great guy. He also makes some savory items like our uh, chicken curry Jamaican patty over here. Well, just quickly, let's talk about some of the takeaway items that people can come in for or to eat there, like sure. some of the food that you're serving. Sure. So, um, you know, we we do like your classic tray tour that you might find at a bigger grocery store, but we feel like what we're doing is seasoning our food better we're making everything fresh every day. The size of what we do, because of our size, we can literally make everything fresh every day. And mm-hmm. we're cooking throughout the day. Uh, we have you know, a huge selection of salads, portobello mushroom salad, edamame salad, roasted vegetables, roasted Brussels sprouts. We've got salmon fillets, crab cakes, steak, fried chicken. I mean, it's 
And it's kind of never ending. Thank God this show comes with a drool bucket. Since you're a Kensington boy, don't you think you should open up like a little market like this in Kensington? Because we could kill for that. I would love to at some point, of course, go back to to my roots. But, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, in this business, your margins are so tight. I know they're Everything everything has to make sense. Actually, Savannah's up on Connecticut Avenue is empty. It is. waiting for somebody. Joe by it the other day. Stop being so cheap. <laughs> Come on, John. All right. We got to move on. Soapstone is the, uh, give it the address on Connecticut uh, 4465 Avenue. 4465 Connecticut Avenue. We're in the heart of Van Ness. Um, we're just a little south of Albemarle. We do have free parking, which is just south of Svoglina. You get mm-hmm. 90 minutes. Your elevator comes Wait, right what? up into our business. Where's the parking? It's the alley that's just south of Svoglina, so between our building and the building next to us. Okay. On the east side of Connecticut Avenue, you pull in, you pull downstairs, you take the elevator, you pop up in our building. Oh, cool. Good to know. All right, All right then. Thank you. And right, thank, thank you for you bringing guys. everything in. Right, and we'll see you in Kensington or else. Okay. All right, so Taha, let's go back. we got about two minutes. What'd you make there? Well, this is the, the Daisy. It's a sherry-based cocktail. It's Paolo Cortado sherry with Mahia. Mahia, it's a Moroccan distilled spirit from mm-hmm. figs and anise. Yeah, this is so you can write off your trip to Morocco. Of course, I yeah. yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. we'll call it the Moroccan moonshine. And are you um, chipping your own ice? Yes, we are. It's yeah. so pretty. We did that in house. Beautiful. Wow. All right. We're going to give it a sip right now. Oh, my God. That is so good. That's delicious. It is very unsherry like It's delicious. Yeah, no, yeah. that's a bad thing. Sherry is <laughs> no, delicious. No, no, I mean, but I mean, most Thank people you. associate sherry with sort of sicky sweet. But it's this not. It's super dry, right? Mm, delicious. Mm, mm. Okay, let's get into Shook. All right, so, Ron, where are you? Ron and Dennis. Ron Dennis, is right next to you. The world's greatest He's literally sitting right Ron. next to you. How are you? Ron Nussbacher <laughs> opened Shook about a year ago, right? Yep. And it's 100% plant-based food, fast food. Move through fast, there. Fast casual. Fast, fast casual. casual, right? But tell us, I fast, mean, fast find out, find what out drove you to open a restaurant it. like that while I take a bite of your beautiful sandwich here? When I, which, well, Shuk means market in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. And so we are anchored in the in the market experience. Mm-hmm. Think uh, open, fresh air, fresh produce. This is market yummy. Is I know. Is that falafel? Mm-hmm. It looks like falafel. We do not do falafel. Oh, what is so, it? So in typical, Sorry. In typical, so you're, you're having a bite of, what is that, the breakfast pita, I think? God, that's good. What is it? That's our, our latest creation. It's a, it's our own play on uh, on the idea of the breakfast sandwich. Actually, okay. you, want, you want to add this? It's basically uh, you know your ultimate omelet stuffed in a pita without having any egg or soy product. Um, it's wait, the, what? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> you stopped we, her cold, but you notice you haven't stopped her from taking more bites. No, um, it's it's awesome. It really invokes that egg experience, and it's loaded. It's got fresh avocado, it's tomato, cucumber, <laughs> onion, red pepper. That is classic Israeli salad. Mm-hmm. But then in the in the omelet itself, which is made out of chickpea flour, you have uh, asparagus, cauliflower, mushrooms. So I mean, you got a ton of veggies in there. It's fully loaded, fully flavorful. Okay, um, wait. I'm gonna back you both up. Okay. So, <laughs> plant-based dining. What made you decide to go that route, and what were you look like? What was obviously missing in the market here in DC, and what were you looking for to, and and what what were you looking for on menus that you weren't finding? Sure. We think collectively about plant-based dining. We think. And I just want to say that gin and tonic is totally plant-based, right? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. What, what do we think? We think tofu. We mm-hmm. think lettuce. We think. Not not so much uh, bold flavors. I'm gonna get hungry in a couple hours, and that's mm-hmm. just not true. Uh, we wanted to show people that you can have a plant-based experience that is as, as exciting and, and flavorful and satiating uh, and exotic as anything else out but there. But what got you into this? I mean, are, are you, you vegan? 
I am. Okay. Always? Uh, not always, about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And what made that happen? An inner voice that said, that said um, you know, I like animals and yet I eat them and there's a discrepancy there, so let's change that. It is. It's, it's hard to reconcile it. It's hard to reconcile it. I, I decided. I decided to reconcile it. Good for you. I can't do it just yet. All right, all you hypocrites. I'm glad you did it for me. <laughs> Bunch of losers. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so in reconciling that for yourself and making it happen, how did you come up with all these dishes and what, what were you looking to to execute? Sure. Uh, I grew up in Israel. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Israel, we use a lot of vegetables, legumes, grains, just naturally as part of the cuisine. It's right. not it's not a cuisine that is uh, necessarily oriented one way or the other. It mm-hmm. celebrates the, the, the plant world very well. Mm-hmm. And it was obvious to me that if we could anchor on that, we could create a menu that would be exciting and satiating mm-hmm. uh, and different. Uh, and in typical Israeli fashion, we like to break tradition and we like to color outside the lines. Mm-hmm. So, so Shuk is not a falafel shop. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but what we do is we take a lot of the of the classic spices, sauces, flavors, and combine them in new ways. Okay. Uh, I'll let Dennis expand on that. Right. So, like, so let's tell people. I mean, you brought in such an array of deliciousness this morning. Let's talk about what you brought in and, and what people can expect. Uh, well, yeah, you know, if Ron came to me and the challenge was just awesome. You know, he said, I want to create food. I don't want an imitation. I don't want soy product. I don't Mm -hmm. want, it's got to be real. It's got to be authentic. And so we set out on this journey to, you know, put flavors and and textures and layer them together, but in a thoughtful way that we could take plant-based dining to the next level. So it's food that's good for you, but it tastes good. Where where did you come from? I mean, how did he find you? This is a long story for another show. No, no, no. <laughs> no it, it truncated. Uh, how did he find uh, you? You know, I, I come from the fine dining world, and um, we had friends in the same circles, and he sought out to find a, a chef to, you know, go down this journey with him. And, um, you know, I, I started on, you know, just kind of putting my foot in the water and just got immersed in it. And uh, it's become now a life mission of mine. And, um, uh, you know, it gives me passion and soul to All what right, I'm so doing. This well, is, wait. Well, wait a minute. Okay. This is beautiful. And what? Looks like and tastes like egg, but is an egg in here. It's chickpea flour. God, this is an awesome sandwich. Yeah, it's a really good. And sandwich. the other thing, I mean, listen, we haven't even tried the the burger was rated number one by the post. All right, All right I'm going to get into that. <laughs> okay, but so, but we, we have two minutes until our commercial break, and then obviously we'll come back to you guys. But one of the things I want to talk about, I think some people think when it's a plant based diet that it's going to be healthy, obviously, but it's also going to be low calorie, and that is definitely not always the case. So how do you I know it's healthy to eat a uh, plant-based diet, but if you're still serving cookies and fried foods and stuff like that, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, how do you, where do we find that middle ground? Or does it not, just because you're doing plant-based, it is healthy naturally? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm worried about my calories. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I want to eat healthy, but like, you know, there's, I, I just, that's what I'm, that's how I look at it. So let me challenge you. Okay, go ahead. Let's hear it. You, you should worry about where your calories are coming from, mm-hmm. not just looking at them numerically. Right. So, so, so um, we certainly are lower calories than a lot of other food out there. So, mm-hmm. um, and we're healthy. We're not health food. Right. Right. We're still, we still have the, 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 the flavors and the sauces and the, and the grains mm-hmm. um, that are exciting. Uh, but calories are not created equal. Right? Mm-hmm. Calories from processed food. Are bad calories from from whole foods. You know, using bringing indoor fresh cauliflower and chopping it up. Um, you know, our, our burgers even is made out of about 15 different vegetables, grains, uh, legumes. These are all fantastic. Well, calories let, let me jump have. in because I'm the meatball on this show, and for pure taste 
and bulk, you know, because I like something that's going to fill me up. These are delicious. I mean, what's this in the is burger? A, Fifteen different vegetables and legumes. Uh, and again, no soy products. So uh, we you know, thoughtfully put it together and then put our own uh, spice mix to, in it. And uh, just uh, it's been a big hit. How much does this retail for? Uh, all of our entrees are nine seventy five. This is steel for nine seventy five. Right. You do not need a trust fund to come to show. <laughs> no, but you got to come early because we so just do sell out frequently. Do you? All right, yeah. wait. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about the cookies and the other things you guys are making. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We're eating a plant-based diet and drinking one as well. We'll be back in okay, just a second. Okay, forest animals. Today is a new day. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow. Yes? Have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. Okay, river. Dude, how's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. Perfect for a little riverside shoeless relaxation. Ah, good. Owl, you here? Course. Who's asking? I am. Look, you know the drill. Sleep during the day, scare the kids at night. Perfect. I love my job. Uh, oak tree? Sup? Still in the same place I left you last year. That's what I like. Consistency. Well, it's not like I'm going anywhere for the next couple hundred years. I know. I love it. Uh, turtle. Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Ugh, he's late every morning. You'd think he would have learned by now to leave the night before our meetings. Okay. Squirrel. Has anybody seen Mr. Yeah. Squirrel? The forest has been preparing just for you. Visit a forest near you today. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. So, I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I, I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But it's kind of cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. May is Lobster Month at the Market at River Falls with deep discounts on fresh Maine lobsters, both live or steamed, at no charge. And lobster tails as well. Please call ahead for orders of six or more. Visit to the Market at River Falls. All right, we're back on Food and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. I just want to thank again the Market at River Falls. Uh, pro fish celebrity cruises and our friends at Central Farm Market. Well, and let me just say, when we say pro fish, we also mean uh, Ivy, uh, Ivy City, City. Yeah, and yeah. they are starting their crab feast again. So if you like doing a crab feast, make your reservation there because they have their and, outdoor and if patio, you been and it's there, it is so much fun. One of the coolest outdoor locations in the city, and they it's have live music on Friday. All right, so let's get back to Ron. Mm-hmm. So, how did you guys go about putting together the offering? Did you sit around and say what would be good? How did it work? You know, Ron had a, a clear set of ideas and what he wanted, and so that's where we started. And, um, you know, it really is what we wanted to eat, what we thought tasted good, um, you know, with the obviously parameters of, you know, Israeli-style cooking and cuisine. Mm. Um, but, you know, we, we started out, we put our menu together, and then we've constantly, and it's always evolving. If we don't like it, if there's a way to make it better, you never make it in this business. You you always can find a better way to do it or a way to tweak it. And so we're constantly evolving. Well, I remember in Israel, there are all these roadside stands where you stop and you get hummus and tahini and all this stuff. And they have steaks and they have they have meat. But a lot of it was just veggies and pita. And it was awesome. You know, here, when you think about just, I don't know. But why do a fast casual concept as opposed to... Uh, a more sit down, a more a restaurant, a more sit down concept. Why why go this route? Uh, primarily for access. 
Okay. Right, access in terms of, of uh, geographic, physical access to mm-hmm. this food. Um, time access, you know, you can get in and out in, in a few minutes. And, and Do you have sit down there? Can we you do sit, have sit down? down? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. Um, I was just sort of curious because it's what you're serving is um, like not completely new, but these are all your own recipes. And there's not a lot of this style of cuisine going on, especially in D.C. There's just not a lot of vegetarian or vegan based restaurants in we, D.C. We want to touch as many people as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the fast, casual... That could get you arrested, <laughs> actually. <laughs> you probably could. I would caution, I would <laughs> let's caution you. That. Let's rephrase that. Let's rephrase it, shall we? Um, all right. Let's talk about the cookies. Yeah. So, no eggs, no butter. No eggs, no butter. Uh, again, you know, one of our one of our best sellers in the restaurant, people come for them in droves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're just... It's an amazing product. It's okay, an amazing so what's recipe. in it? Well, it's a chocolate cardamom cookie. Uh, and so it's binding it together. So with it is, a, is it chocolate oil. or there's there's uh, there's chocolate and okay. there's cardamom okay. and uh, and then uh, coconut binding it all together. So it's uh, you know it's, good. It's, it's been good. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know to go back to your question about why fast casual, what we're doing is we figured out a way to do uh, fine dining in a fast casual setting. Mm-hmm. So we're able to get to the masses, right? And right. and how else do we make an impact? Um, so if we're, if we're able to, you know, most of our, most of our customers coming in are not vegan or vegetarians. They're your regular guys off the street that are coming in for our food because it's plant-based food that just tastes good. Right. Uh, so, you know, as we grow, as we get bigger, we make an impact. We make an impact on their health. We make an impact on the environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and we're doing something special. We're not, we're not just here to only make money. We're doing something better for the world. Where do you source your stuff? Does it come from someplace it's 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 a mix. We definitely source a lot of uh, a lot of our produce regionally and locally. Uh, we have some specialty items that we uh, we make an effort and bring uh, from Israel directly. So our our tahini comes from uh, Samaria, which is a, a western region of Israel. Oh, those Samarians! <laughs> Read the Bible. <laughs> the good Samarians are making our good tahina, mm-hmm. uh, and we bring it uh, specialty here. Some spices, coffee, a few other items. Okay, wait, one more thing. There's yeah. a cauliflower pita. There is. Okay, what does that mean? What does that mean, Dennis? Well, the, the cauliflower, the pita is not made out of cauliflower. Oh, okay. Right here, yeah. Oh, well, because, pita. you know, right now, like, cauliflower is, like, the yes, hottest thing. Like, I everything. make pizza with, out of cauliflower. Like, I make a pizza crust out of cauliflower. So I thought, like, maybe you were doing something with pita. But this looks good, too. Yeah, this looks is. very good. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, if they're making pita so out of cauliflower. Are, are there I'm plans pretty? for more locations, yeah. anything like that? Or are you happy where you are? Both. Yes. You feel strongly both ways. I we're see. happy where we are, and we're happy to uh, to have more okay. places that were, make us happy. All right. All right did great. you take well, a bite of that? I did. It's delicious. All right. All right. All right you you want to tell everybody where they can find you, please? 655 K Street between 6th and 7th, just around the corner from the convention center. Okay. My new right. city vista. This is really good. It is. I have turned good. on to cauliflower in the last year. This is awesome. Very good. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. All right, Taha, we're going back to you. Can so, you beat a cauliflower pita? That's the question. Well, actually, at G, they have a cauliflower sandwich, don't they? Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. very popular. They do. Um, all right. So as you're putting together the cocktail menus, what we haven't really talked about much is the kind of food that you guys are serving there. So can we just – I know the not, cocktail not domain G, is all yours. At a rose, obviously. I know the cocktail menu is your domain, but how, how did you pick your cocktails to go with the food that's being prepared there? I mean, food that we're serving, it's uh, Mike Rafiti, who's the executive chef, mm-hmm. you know, puts his twist on, on, on the classic uh, dishes with, uh, you know, with the help with Mike Isabella 
Um, Who? <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, Mike Isabella. Um, so yeah, I mean, like the, the focus is like you know to, to you know to uh, to do um, a southern Spain, you know, Moroccan influence, Moroccan flavors. We use a lot of spices from Morocco. We use a lot of uh, take on and a few dishes, like an eggplant dish served with Moroccan uh, Moroccan bread. Um, um, uh, some of the dishes we're doing like smoked asparagus with marinated chorizo and um, mm. and egg yolk. Mm-hmm. You know, fun stuff. Right. And so as you were putting together your cocktails, were you looking to pair with anything specific or you were purely focused on just creating cocktails that match the essence of the restaurant? Well, usually like well, that's the, the concept is I usually want to mess the, um, you know, the, the food is, is uh, people. People come to us, you know, with the food. Also, we want to enhance when it comes to the bar program. We always want to give them something different and, mm-hmm. and, and like a lot more flavors and, you know, kind of pairs pairs well with the food. And what about your ice program? Why ice is program, that so we, important uh, to you? You know, we buy, uh, we buy our uh, ice blocks. Uh, we, you know, we carve them in-house. Uh, we do some hand spheres. You know, we have all different shapes and, you know, things. Because these do. are hand-chipped, right? Are, these correct. aren't the ones yep. that are molded in that copper Yeah, I did, thing, right? I did at 8, 8 o'clock this morning today. <laughs> we fun. like to make you work really hard uh, No have. problem, no problem. You should I, just I, get a chainsaw. I, I love this show. <laughs> well, we do, well, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, I think people don't understand. For people who don't understand ice programs, I mean, we don't have a ton of time, but can you just explain why that's so important to your cocktails? I mean, ice is, you know, it's visual, something like it's very important in a cocktail. You know, mm-hmm. it's water, you need dilution, you need ice. Um, you know, it's, you know, having fun with ice, it's always a good thing. You know, you want to do different shapes and, you know, just kind of do something different. It's pretty. It is. It's really pretty. All right. Can we make sure that everybody knows where Arroz is? Mm-hmm. Arroz is located in Merritt Marquis, 901 Massachusetts Ave. Um, a beautiful new hotel. Yeah. Um, really. be, um, lunch start, I mean, brunch starts on uh, May 6th. All right. Oh, next Last week. question. Next week. When will the Tyson's Galleria food market be? Ish. Fall, right? Fall. Fall-ish. Okay. Fall-ish. And it's yeah. called what? Is, is it's Isabella called Eatery. Mike Isabella. <laughs> no, but Isabella <laughs> Eatery. Isabella, Isabella Eatery. And it's what? It's 10 concepts? 10 concepts, correct. Beautiful. Yeah, it's going right. insane. So now I'm going to do a shameless self-plug. Every year, speaking of Mike Isabella, his restaurant G at 14. We should have just, and... like, told everybody to drink every time we said Mike Isabella. Today, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Mike Isabella, drink! <clears throat> or say a bad word, because that would I don't honor him as that. well. <laughs> but all right, so... So G does a, a sandwich competition among people, you know, chefs and people who are related to the food biz, and it's really like March Madness. It's pairings. People go head to head. They they invent different sandwiches. They go head to head, and when their sandwiches sell at G, uh, money is donated to their pet charity. And I, Nikki and I won two years ago. I don't it remember. It was a couple years. A couple ago. years ago, we almost we got creamed in the finals last year, but this year I'm in it alone. Uh, and I'm up against Rebecca Cooper of the Washington Business Journal. It all starts tomorrow, and my sandwich is called Jurassic Pork. And Jurassic Pork is pork loin, baked ham, baked uh, uh, black forest ham, bacon, um, cheese. Plant-based it's not. Let's no. just go that way. No, 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 no. Uh, bacon, cheese, a uh, big slice of tomato, uh, sriracha-infused coleslaw, and onion, and it's a monster sandwich. It's a steal. At, I think it's 13 bucks, and um, I, I'm supporting the human rights campaign, HRC, as we do, which does, which basically their whole their whole philosophy is it's okay to love anybody you want, and that's, we feel that way too. So go to G at 14th and what? 
What is it? 14 W. 14th and W. Go to G. Buy Jurassic Pork. It's a clever name. Let's face it. <laughs> and and, and uh, help me support HRC. Okay. And we want to thank all of our guests for joining us in studio today. It was really a delicious show. Uh, please watch us on Facebook Live. You can see all the things that we uh, drank and ate here in studio. Next week is going to be also fabulous. Uh, Vinoteca has just launched their Rosé Garden. And if you know me, you love my... I love my Rosé all day. And... Uh, uh, Mikey Freeman is back in studio, and he's bringing Not again. his chef, Crystal. The two of them are doing some amazing things, and they have a new place opening up. And lastly, Bobby Vance is coming in. They're doing a huge Glenn Livett dinner, and they're bringing in Glenn Livett. So it's going to be really boring. Again, thanks for everybody Glenn. in studio, and please have a delicious week.